This week on Don't Miss the Bus, we're headed to England. We're going to learn what the Queen's poet gets paid. We're going to find out what England's favourite meal is. And we're also going to hear about Mark's most memorable night out in London. I'm Rory Kerr. And I'm Mark Faye. This is the podcast where two tour guides reflect on 15 years of travel to seven continents and over 120 countries. Each episode we'll be focusing on a country from both a tour guide and a backpacker's perspective. We are no experts, but our hilarious and often bizarre stories will keep you informed on the do's, the don'ts and the hidden melons that will surely get you excited for your next big adventure. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> Rory, very excited to talk about England today, mate. This is uh, a country very close to my heart. Me too, me too. I've spent a lot of time in this country. You have. You have. We spent a lot of time in this country together. We have indeed. We Good have. memories. The best memories. <laughs> Rory, I just want to tell you a few things about England just straight off the bat. Tell me. So you probably know the population. Maybe you don't. The population currently in England is 55 million. 55. 55. Capital city, we all know is London. Beautiful um, climate, sometimes England has. But I want to tell you something fun. The name England is actually derived from the old English name England, which means land of the angels. But this doesn't make any sense because we weren't here in this country when this name was created. So who on earth are they naming these, these, these angels after? It makes no sense. Maybe they could see the future. That was what I was going to say. And one thing they will notice, maybe those angels noticed way back then, did you know that London has more Indian restaurants than Mumbai or Delhi? Not surprised. Going to follow up with that. Do you know what their national dish is? It's tikka masala. Well done. Now, half of those restaurants are in Brick Lane. Did you go to Brick Lane while you were in London? Yeah, of course I went to Brick Lane. Yeah. Tell our listeners what Brick Lane's all about. Look, it's a it's a place. There's plenty of mortar. There's 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 clay. There's I didn't go to Brick Lane. I didn't not, go to Brick Lane. You caught my love. Oh my god. You caught my love. So blood. Brick Lane is a road that goes for a couple of kilometers, and it is Indian restaurants the whole way down. And if you've ever been to Ligon Street in Melbourne, Italian restaurants, and there's people out the front trying to get you in. Well, Brick Lane is the exact same thing. And you sit out the front bartering with them. You might say, uh, three-course meal, three beers, 10 pounds. And they'll say, no, 15 pounds. And you'll say, okay, 15, but I want four beers. And it goes back and forward. It is a great night out. There's lots of bars, restaurants, and clubs. It's in East London. Really highly recommend it. What's your experience in London, or not London, in England? Because it is London-focused this country but there is more than just london what is your experience in england good save good it was save. it was a pretty good save, good save. For, for, for you it was, it was wonderful rory oh my goodness oh, it, this is hard for me mate there's just so many experiences i have in this amazing country i cannot speak highly enough of england but i will date back to an experience i had with a mutual friend of ours when i first came to england uh, costa when Rory was away, I think you went to Ireland and me and Costa had a week on our own doing what we were we were going to do. Um, it was at the time the Olympics was on. 
Do you remember when the Olympics yeah, were trying I to do, get tickets? Yeah. Bloody nightmare. I was trying there to get for tickets. some of that with you. You were for the cycling yeah, and cycling, and we stood on the roof of stood one of our roofs house and watched but, it. Do you remember when, when we tried to get tickets? It was almost impossible. In impossible. fact, it was impossible. It was impossible. The website was terrible. It was impossible to get tickets. Costa and I decided, you know what? If we can't buy tickets online using our little Visa credit card and the games, we, we can't go to the games, we're going to bring the games to us. So we thought it would be a, a wonderful idea instead of buy, purchasing tickets, which we focused very, very hard on getting, to instead arrive at the venue and just basically just walk in. And how'd you go? We, we, weren't, we weren't so aware. Like my plan was Costa, just, just, just look, like, look like you know where you're going. Just don't, don't look anybody in the eye, Costa. Just, just walk. They're not going to question us. Just walk. To my surprise, we got through a couple of lots of security, yeah. like actual general security. I was like, Costa, we're getting into this. We don't know where we're going. It was a main stadium. I think it was in Stratford. Okay. A little bit out of town. Yeah, that was where the Olympic Stadium was. Yes. Yeah. So um, we didn't know what we we're going to see, but that was where all the herds of people were going. It was when we got to the final hurdle and we were pretty much there. Costa told him not to make eye contact. He panicked. He Man. made eye contact. What do you think happened? My right arm, his left arm, escorted very, very nicely outside <laughs> of the stadium. That was one of our first experiences in London. So almost got there. But w- what about yourself? What about me? So what oh, about me? It is a fair. I've had enough. <laughs> and I want my share. Can't you see? I was trying to stop the song. I knew the rest of the words there, Mark. Give me, give me some slack. So I've lived in London two times. I lived there for two years teaching uh, a lot of the time the very first day I taught in London so you're going into this school and you're going to be teaching French like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know any French oh you'll be fine just give them some worksheets you just 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 go in there you'll be okay okay so I'll just hand it them a worksheet that was pretty much my teaching career in London <laughs> It was it was interesting. I remember walking home from a lot of schools and you'd be walking down along canals and there's the canal boats throughout London. I soon found that London is like 20 or 30 small villages crammed into one. They've all got their high street. They've all got their own little flavour and different groups of people and food. And it's like exploring 20 different villages and they've all, all got their own rich history. My recommendation is if you're traveling through London, get a good guide. You can bring the city or the little town in London to life. Are you basically saying hire Mark? He'll get you the most out of your experience yeah. in London? Yeah, you know a lot of London history, do you? All about it. What do you know? About the history? Yeah. Where do I start? Oh, okay, okay, we'll keep on going. I did also work Reading Festival, one of the biggest festivals in 1337 was the Hundred Years' War. Oh, yeah? Uh, where was that? It was in France. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad war. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> back to it. Russell, Russell. Russell, Russell. <laughs> Keep looking through those notes, Mark. Don't want to be London-centric. Also went up to Manchester. Really, really good night out. Wonderful. What's the street called? Well, my favourite street was Canal Street. Yep. 
What's on Canal Street? That's the Gay Street, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And do you know what they did to the sign? <laughs> I think I can figure it you out. worked it out. <laughs> it's minus a letter. Yeah, they minus the C off the front of it. Nah, and it spelt something else. Cheeky little monkey. It is a great night out. People up there, they're a different sort than the Londoners. Different breed. Yeah. But a lot of fun. Similar to Liverpool. Yeah. Have you spent much time Leeds, York? Did a bit of time in Leeds. I haven't been to York. Great, great time up there. Yeah. I I would say it, the weather definitely gets colder the further north you go, but um, I would say the nightlife becomes better the more you head towards that Geordie section of the country. Yeah. Like Newcastle, a night out there is bonkers. You've been out in Newcastle. I have, yeah, yeah. and um, I don't recall much of it. Good spot up that part of the world for sure. Now it's time. Oi, bruv, I'm going to bust your head in. Mark, what busses your head in about England? Oh, what busses my head in most, honestly, is that treacherous, disgustingly sweaty, inconsistent underground in London. It busses my head in for several reasons. Number one, it's always hot. Always. I've never got on that underground without sweating, and I'm talking in the coldest time of the winter. Finally, you say that. I heard that there was a huge, I don't know if it's called a reward or a contract out for anybody that could come up with a solution to it being so hot down there. Yeah. It is extremely hot. I, I, the worst part is when people are with me because I am so hot, they become hot. It's oh, just, oh, a, it's, a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. I must go against you, though. It does link the whole city. And extract, you can get around the city quite easily on it. Okay, you know what? I'm going to rebuttal that a little bit more. So you can with buses as well. And what I will say, the buses are cheaper. The buses are £1.50. They are slower. I know where you're going with this. They're slower, but at least you get ventilation. You get to meet the Londoners outside. And also, not just buses in London. Buses all around the UK. It's some of the best public transport. And I agree with what you're saying. The London Underground probably the best or one of the best in the world for efficiency but there are some minor things that really busses my head in what about you Kerbox? what busses your head in for me it's tourist destination you may have heard of it it's been around for a while if you go out to stonehenge there's a little wire fence along the roads and you can see stonehenge from the road yep but if you want to go any closer you have to pay 23 pounds in true what's the point you can get all your Instagram photos from the road. Just cut out the fence. Just stick it over. You see the thing. What more are you going to see by getting up close to it? No, no. Look, Rory, this is... I'm, I'm glad this is on the record. Uh, you are the cheapest person I think I've ever met. Oh, you make me sick. You're going there. You're you going me. there. You're the one that catches buses around London. And you're telling me that I'm cheap. Touche, young man. Who catches buses? Hey, how was that French? <laughs> uh, Savabian? Eyes forward, pens down, ride the bus quiz. It's time for our next segment, Ride the Bus Quiz. Now it is my week to quiz Mr. Mark Fay. I'm pumped. On what he knows I'm pumped. about England. I'm pumped. Are you ready, Mark? Give it to me, baby. Give it. You see this grit in my teeth? I'm ready for you. Come Your on, get a tiger. Well, you know. Arr. <laughs> Question number one. The Queen has a poet. Are you going to hop off the bus or hop on the bus? She has her own personalised poet? 
She has her own. Rory, I'm staying on that bus. I'm hopping on and give me that melon. You have scored one melon. The Queen does have her own poet, known as the Monarch of the UK, Poet Laureate. The poet doesn't have any specific duties, but it is the poet is expected to write a verse for significant national occasions. And get this, Mark, they get paid £5,000 and a barrel of sherry. Really? What? For each each time they write it? Well, no, just, just to be. I don't know if you get it every year or when you're announced, you get a whole barrel of sherry. Question number two. England's shortest war lasted an hour and 38 minutes. I'm hopping on that bus, boy, and I know that for a fact. Give me a second on! An hour and 38 minutes. You said... Hop on the bus? No, I did not. You did say hop on the bus. This you is recorded. Have, you must have mistaken <laughs> I'm getting off. Hop off I'm, the bus. <laughs> you are not getting back. I'm getting off. It lasted 38 minutes, not an hour and 38 minutes. Okay. Do you know where it was? The shortest war that England versus another country? Yeah. Naturally, you'd say France. Well, you've been to this place, and it's not France. It's Zanzibar. Zanzibar. 1890. Isn't that where Freddie Mercury was born? Yes, it is. That war is the shortest war in history. Wow. That's... Yeah. So that's one melon out of two. We've gone right. up 50%. All right. Bit of pressure on. Question number three. Big Ben is a clock. I'm actually going to hop off the bus. Oh, why are you hopping off? Did you see my arrogance? Did you see the arrogance? Yeah, yeah, you were. Did you you see me twist my head? I just thought I had you there. No, no. I Listen, I'm not going to give a great answer. I'm going to give an amazing answer. You asked me, was Big Ben the clock? No. Okay. The building itself, which is Westminster, underneath it, that's Westminster. The pole that goes up, which is made out of the, the brick face and whatnot, they nicknamed that BB, Big Ben. And the actual clock face is called uh, St. Christopher's Alexander, Clock of the North. You should have just shut up when you said <laughs> hop off. You've got the melon and you're completely wrong. Yeah, I'm taking my melon. But <laughs> it's the bell inside the clock. Off the St. Christopher's That is called Big Ben. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> off the North. It's St. The... Christopher of the North. Saint Where did you pull that from? Uh, from the history books. <laughs> Maybe if you read a little bit, you might understand. Rory does not. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that's a half a point. Half a point right. for that spiel. Already after. jotted down two from three. Question number four. It's a criminal offence to stick a postage stamp to an envelope upside down in England. I absolutely know that's the truth, so I'm going to hop on that bus, give myself the extra melon, because... (laughs) Why is it? It was one of my fun facts that I already knew, (laughs) so I still get that point. Yeah, (laughs) Guys, this is what we call research. Tell tell us the answer. Why? So why is it a criminal offence? Because I I don't know this is an answer. I'm just going to guess or assume this. Has it got something to do with disrespect towards the Queen? It is indeed, because most stamps are a queen. Yeah. French was the official language of England for 300 years. Yes, it is. I have got four from five melons. I know that 100%. I'm a lot smarter than I thought. Four out of five melons. Four out of five melons. I will take that every day to the bank. Hey, Kerbox, can I just tell you before we we get off from the quiz, I want to tell you something really cool that uh, that I just learned or that I read. Did you know that there's more chickens in England than there is people? Really? Fun fact. And one more little fun fact for you. 
There was no trash bins in London for 20 years. And this was for fear of bomb attacks from the IRA. Ah. A couple of fun facts for you. I thought you'd like that. that. Those were very, very fun. Oh, by the way, you mentioned about the Queen. Did you know JK Rowling is wealthier than the Queen? Another fun fact. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Those books are extremely successful. Now it's time for Local Legend Fast Five. Local Legend Fast Five. This week on Local Legend Fast Five, we have Shawnee Boy. So Sean's a uh, a very good friend of both of us. We were actually on his podcast. We were indeed. Uh, so Sean is uh, is from the north of England, so he has a bit of a, a stranger accent. A lot of people may call it a sexy accent. I being one of them. He tells us a little bit uh, about some of the, the the local information which we uh, weren't so privileged to when we were living in England. So yeah, really f- looking forward to uh, interviewing Sean and and you guys listening to this. Here we are. I'm uh, I'm actually a little bit nervous today um, because we're we're not interviewing royalty. We're interviewing a fellow podcast companion, and his podcast. So I'm sure he's uh, he's going to plug. He's doing uh, doing marvelous things, and he was kind enough to invite me on his podcast probably about twelve months ago. And I have since returned the favor. I would like to introduce us to the most handsome, sexiest, most gorgeous man off the north. Hello, Sean. Hello, Mark. How are we doing, sir? You've we, given me quite the introduction, though. Well, we're doing fabulous. Sean, where, uh, where are we calling you? Where are you? I am currently in Sheffield in the north of England, enjoying the last days of summer here. Summer in England? Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite so spectacular, but it's not, it's not torrential rain just yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking that as summer. <laughs> so, Sean, you and I, we did a, uh, we did a little uh, 26-day uh, adventure around... Um, around europe so maybe you could just tell the listeners how um how we know each other where uh where where you came into contact with me yes well it was it was quite an exciting adventure that we had uh we we met in in london you were currently working for a, a european tour company and we went on this great adventure driving around europe for 26 days i can't remember how many countries we went to but we 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 checked quite a few off the list didn't we there, there was fifteen, Sean, and and I said this on your podcast. One of my fondest memories was your uh, your ability to daily, and and it wasn't one of those things. Wait till seven p.m. It was one of those things. Whenever the opportunity came to find a bar, you'd be the first one there to get stuck into a to a point. And um, and I told you about my my fondest memory where you um where you were necking a few pints and some quite large leaded steins in Germany and uh, you proceeded to get quite sick in the bar and then um, where, where I could have sworn your night was done, you, you just continued on and you were the last man standing. But for that, I salute you, my man. <laughs> I, I think I think that sums up English culture for you right there. <laughs> well, that leads us into the first question I want to ask you, Sean. What, what are sorts of foods and drinks and things that we could maybe expect in England? Oh, well, this is, this is quite a... Quite a pressureful question, I guess. I feel a weight of responsibility of my, on my shoulders, as if as if I've been sent on Her Majesty's service to defend the terrible reputation of English food around the world. <laughs> You're the man. Because every everybody everybody seems to say that English food is terrible, but I, I'm here. I'm here on your podcast to defend it to the world because England does actually have quite a lot of very nice food, mm. and I think the food that I'm going to select as the, the gem of England is going to have to be the humble Yorkshire pudding. Now, not a lot of people know what this is around the world, but it's, it's really difficult to explain. So 
in England, it's tradition. Every Sunday, the family gets around the table. We have our Sunday dinner, which is very similar to a Thanksgiving dinner. And on the side of the plate is always the Yorkshire pudding, which despite its name is not a dessert. It's not sweet. It's a kind of like a savoury bowl shaped thing that you fill with gravy. And it's absolutely delightful. Wonderful. And is can you get that all over the UK or, or is it just specific regions? Oh, no, it's a, it's a staple all, all across the whole country. If, if, the, if, you have a, if you have a traditional English Sunday dinner and it's not on the plate, it's absolutely outrageous. Throw the plate on the floor. <laughs> well, in some cultures, that's what they do as one of their uh, traditions and a part of their culture. Uh, is there anything unique and different about English culture maybe that, um, that our listeners would be interested to know? Unique about English culture in general? I think I think it's quite interesting because I think the the reputation or the or the assumptions of what English culture is is different around the world depending where you are and I find it quite entertaining because people in America for example would assume that the English people are very posh and proper very very Downton Abbey like but people in people in Europe suspect that English people are a lot a lot more like Shameless than Downton Abbey <laughs> heavy drinkers a bit loud a bit of a bit of a mess on the street and which we, I'd we, say is the category that I fell into. I was going to say, which category do you fall into? <laughs> <laughs> I think you were you were le- you were leading me on to fail there. I would like to think I was very posh and proper like those in Downton Abbey, but I don't think that would be the case in real life. <laughs> so okay, so now that's that's a, that's actually a, it's kind of a yin yang, isn't it, of how, of how people um, when they think of the UK, what they what they think about with England. Is there anything, though, Sean, is there anything hidden, though, about England that we need to visit? I mean, everybody goes to Bath, Stonehenge, uh, West uh, Downton Abbey, all these sort of places. Is there anywhere that you would um, say is a bit of a hidden gem? Yes. I I actually think it's quite a shame because most of the tourists that go to the UK normally just go to London or take a day trip out of London to Stonehenge or something like that. But when, when you stick down there, you've, I think like you're missing out on some of the, the true beauties across the country. Which, of course, as a as a proud northerner, I'm going to say, is hidden away up in the north. And there's a there's a particular city in in the north called York, which is absolutely beautiful. It's an old medieval city. In fact, no, it's not medieval. It was built in the in the Roman times, and it's just filled with beautiful architecture, history, culture. It's a wonderful place. In fact, they say the the history of York is the history of England. Because you walk down the street. You, you can't throw a stone without hitting something historically significant. It's incredibly beautiful there. That's a good point. And that's where, of course, the very famous Yorkshire Cathedral is. Did you know as well that England's most haunted pub belongs in, in, in York? Yes, that's the, it's the Golden Fleece, I think, is it? That's the one. That's the one. You, you, it's it's this you, also the home of the, of the Yorkshire pudding as well. <laughs> you know what? I was going to say, you're not quick to, to answer anything, but as soon as a pub comes into play, you, you, you know the name. And I dare say you probably know the address, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that one. <laughs> but what about festivals and events and stuff? Are there things that go on in, uh, in, in England that, that we need to know about? Well, I think there's, a, there's the obvious, very easy choice, which is Glastonbury Music Festival, famous across the whole world. But I'm not going to focus on that so much because I think everyone around the world has heard Glastonbury, maybe seen videos of it online. I'm going to focus on something that people outside of the UK aren't really familiar with, which is bonfire night. And this is the 5th of November every year. The whole country goes out into the dark and we set massive bonfires off and have fireworks across the sky. Children go go out with what is called guys, which is like an effigy 
of a traitor from the from the 16th century who tried to blow up Parliament. Is that Guy Fawkes? And they try. That is that is Guy Fawkes. Yes, mm. the, the guy from the movie V V for Vendetta. Ah, yes. You you kind of look a, a little a bit like tradition. that guy. The, the the you know the main character in that. Well, I, I look like him with the mask or without the mask. That's the question. <laughs> Sean, I think I'm you're. Tr- I'm trying to. De- I'm trying to decide how offended I should be. <laughs> <laughs> what about? Um, wh- what would you say? Like, you got a lot of good festivals. You love your Yorkshire pudding. You love York. You've mentioned some really good things. What's the best thing about living in England? What do you like most about living in in your country? You're a proud man. I can tell. Mm, I I think the best thing about living in England is the people, but more specifically, it's the the English humour. You'll always have a great time talking to an Englishman. Nobody, nobody quite jokes around like us. I completely, you know, the only country I would say that would rival it would be your uh, your neighbours across in the Emerald Isle in Ireland. Oh, I actually, actually, yes, I, I would, I would agree. The Irish are in, incredibly funny. They're our only rivals on that. Yeah. But you know, uh, we're we're rivals in everything else, so we may as well keep going with the humour as well. <laughs> hey, Sean, what bothers you about England? I bet you've got some um, something brewing. I I can feel a bit of anger in that voice at the minute. What what's something that bothers you about your country? Is there something you'd want to change? Oh, I think the the easy answer there would be the weather. It's well known that that England rains a lot. It's quite cold. But I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to choose that because I think the fact that the weather is normally so bad means that on the odd occasion when we do have a nice sunny day, the whole country just shuts down. Everybody's stripping their clothes off, going straight to the beer gardens and the pub. So the entire country becomes a festival for a day. It's it's spectacular scenes. I actually I saw on the news over here in Australia that um it was a sunny day and, and exactly what you said. Uh, people did strip off and, and go crazy. And I noticed you were at the front of the pack um, waving your, your T-shirt in the air with excitement. <laughs> it is it is true. I, I've, I've been known to go a little off the rails on a sunny day. <laughs> but, you know, I, I would put that down to patriotic tradition. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, getting around, what's is it pretty easy to get around England? Like, what's a public transport like? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, England's quite a small country, so it's very, very easy to get around. I would I would suggest to any tourists coming, like I'm assuming they would be going to London, don't bother with any taxis or buses like that because the the tube there is is incredibly efficient, very easy to get around the city. Yeah. And then the train the train connections all around the country are very good. I mean, from London you can get to all the other major cities in the north within two hours. The only problem is the trains are, are quite expensive. It's you're looking at at least eight eighty pounds to get out of London, no matter where you're going. So that, that's the only that's the only downside of the public transport here is the expense. Yeah, but two pieces probably of advice is if you book a little bit in advance, you're going to be fine. And number two, maybe if you say you know you know Sean from Sheffield, you, you might get a discount because you're a pretty big deal over there. I, I would have thought. <laughs> well, you might get a discount, or you might get fined extra. I guess it depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> Sean, a couple of last ones I want to ask you. Um, is there any advice you'd give um, to people traveling to England that have never been there before? Anything you'd need to uh, let them know prior to coming? Mm, I think I think that I'll give two pieces of advice for people coming to, to England for the first time. I think the first one would be to get out of London because a lot of people just stay in London. Like there's a lot of beautiful things there, a lot of museums, the Tower of London, Buckingham Palace. But England is so much more than London. There's a lot more beautiful sights to see across the whole country. So I definitely suggest travelling around the country a bit, getting out of London. Number two, 
is a is a mistake that tourists make all the, all the time and it's the the way english people speak cuz not everything we say is a literal thing and i think a good example to give is a lot of people will say to you you're right but that's not a genuine question so what happens a lot is an english person will say you're right and a foreigner will always respond with a long speech about how they're feeling if they're doing okay but that's not a question <laughs> it's just it's just a simple greeting they're just saying hello and it it's, it leads to very very awkward situ- situations sometimes no great advice and sean i have one more for you and this is uh this is something uh just a, a curiosity question because drinking's a big part of of the culture in england like it is in ireland across that part of the world i have a question for you what do you think would be the reaction if alcohol was banned overnight in england what 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 do you think would happen i think that would be the collapse of the nation england england would be no more <laughs> Drink, drinking is so essential to our culture. I don't think we would know how to cope without going to the going to the pub at the end of the day. I think it would be absolute carnage. And how would you cope personally? I think I, think I, I would. I'd move to Ireland. It's the only way I would survive. <laughs> I think. I think a, a good thing that illustrates that quite well is the English people have been have been judging the success of our COVID lockdown based on when the pubs are coming back, when the pubs are opening. <laughs> and every every night on the news when it was announced that Boris was opening up the country and people can go out and do things again the number one question was always is the pub are the pubs open how many people can we get in the pubs do we have to stay <laughs> sat down and now that the pubs are open again it's like the whole country is just completely forgotten about covid <laughs> because the pubs are open and then we're all happy again we're no, we're no longer worrying about the virus well, you know what, John, it, it it's a worry-free country and you've uh, you've represented it absolutely marvelously mar is that a word marvelously 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 marvelous yeah and you know the scary thing is like you i'm a a, a school teacher it's it's this is a bit embarrassing hey but sean want to say a big thank you thank you to you for coming on the show i'm a bit nervous all of a sudden I'm, i'm tripping over my words it must be because i am so surprised uh but impressed with how you have uh represented your country so you should be proud sean why why thank you i feel like it was. It's been. A, it's been a great honour. I've done Her Majesty a service in representing my nation today on this great show. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, Sean. All the best, mate. And we will. Uh, we will chat to you very soon. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Did somebody say DMTB top three? Yeah. Now it's time for DMTB top three tips for the country. Mark, you want to start? I uh, don't have even one tip. <laughs> you don't have one tip for the country. <laughs> We're relying on you, man. Uh, so I'm concluding all episodes from now on. <laughs> You're just here for fun facts. I have I have one. T- if I can tell them one, this has this is something I really want to let the listeners know. If you can give them two really good ones. Can you do that? I can do that. They've got to be two really good ones. A really, really good tip um, that I would give is if you explore England, all across England, and you want a quick, easy meal, you're guaranteed it to not be amazing taste the food, but you'll definitely get it quick, you'll get it cheap, you won't get live music. McDonald's? <laughs> well, you don't That's get, not your tip. You don't get beer at McDonald's. A chain which every person Greg's. in England listening to this... Is it Craig's? It's not Craig's. Craig's sausage rolls oh, are delicious. No, but they don't, they don't serve alcohol. 
Oh, you want to go no, somewhere you can get? <laughs> they're you're everywhere. You're not going to get a TV. You won't get a TV. <laughs> because they're too cheap to pay for a TV <laughs> license. You're not going to get a band. You're going to get terrible atmosphere, but you're going to get quick, easy food, beer, bring some friends. One of my big tips, you cannot go to England without visiting Weatherspoons. <laughs> okay, my tips are if you're going to England, if you've got a couple of weeks there, go and rent a houseboat. Go grab a houseboat, a group of friends, go down some of the great rivers, canals, locks. Does it um, not get cold though on the houseboats? Well, you just snuggle up together, bring a bring a jumper. Is that why you were asking me time after time to come on your little houseboat expedition around England? You're sick, man. What a, but you, you know people to, you, live on you these need houseboats. To grow up. People you know live on these houseboats all year round. Would it's you live with huge... me on a houseboat? No, never. Why? Now, if you do go on a houseboat, remember to bring a boat, a boat, a bike. <laughs> you probably do need I think a boat. I think a boat would be pretty important. Yeah, no, good. Maybe they need a propeller as well. Now, a couple of other things to um, have a look at. Uh, one thing that I found recently was Crossness Pumping Station. This is Sewerage Station, and this one in London is painted like a cathedral. It's grand. It's got ironwork. Go and have a look at it. I find it fascinating to see how cities, especially in Europe, the really, really old ones, dealt with their sewerage problems. Not the most glorious uh, tourist attraction, but worth a look. And my other little tip, if you are at Victoria Park, just north of it, I used to live in this little area. Uh, you've got Hackney and Shoreditch in East London, real trendy places, lots of warehouses, street art. But my little tip, north of Victoria Park, there's a place called Ginger Pig Butcher. They used to walk home from school past this butcher and there's loads of different meats, but in the window, they would have these giant sausage rolls. They are the best sausage rolls in the world. Well, sausage rolls, I think, were invented in England. So was the meat pie. A meat pie was too. Well, yeah. I know Cornish pasties were. Yep, and the and steak and kidney pie, beef wellington, all of that, and the shepherd and cottage pies, of course. Greg's Greg sausage rolls, you will find them everywhere. Well worth trying, especially if you're hungover. Before we finish this episode, we can't do a whole episode on England without telling a story about me and Mark and when I came out as a gay man to him. Mark and I? <clears throat> yes, Mark and I. Didn't you say you're a school teacher? I, I am. <laughs> I'm a French teacher. <laughs> Didn't we tell you that at the start of the episode? Ah, pardon, monsieur. <laughs> Can I please hear just some French? I'd love it. The listeners. Café Olé. Oui. So I came out to Mark as a gay man. I was a bit nervous. I would like to say a big masculine man like Mark, but we all know that's not true. He's the most flamboyant straight man I have ever met. And I took him down to a, a bear bar. Mark wanted to see a bear bar. And we went to this bar called King's Arms. And it was full of hairy, old, young, all shapes and sizes. <laughs> and um, Mark was like, hold on a minute. Are all these men gay? <laughs> Mark, was, Mark was nervous. Mark is never <laughs> nervous. And he had a few beers. And then he said, so, boys, who's your top three? <laughs> and we asked Mark, who's your top three? And Mark pointed out some guys, and I went and grabbed all three of them and brought them back just to make them even more nervous. 
Now, uh, the night went on and things got, got, got a bit crazy and, and the boys were like, where should we go? One of them says, let's go to the eagle. And Mark started cheering, yes, the eagle. <laughs> now, the eagle is a bit of an erotic gay bar and Mark didn't know that. And we were walking in and they said, sorry, it's 20 pounds to go in. It's Mr. Bear UK. Now, for our listeners that don't know what a bear is in the gay world, it's usually a big, hairy man. And Mark said, I want to be Mr. Bear UK. So I got him involved in the competition. And for the next two to three hours, Mark had his shirt off. He was prancing around trying to raise money for good cause. Now, Mark was disappointed at the end of the night. He wasn't in the top three. And just to make him feel better, we always say that Mark is in the top four sexiest bears in London (laughs) that year. For me as a gay man, that was a huge response for a mate to come out and just get that involved in the night. So I want to thank you, Mark. Uh, It was a good night. It was a a rather interesting night. Certainly it was an eye-opener. And I, uh, no, no, it was good fun. Do they happen every year or is it once every month? What is it? It does. Every year, Mark. So there is still an opportunity. So 2022? 22, you think you're in? I reckon, listen, I I can go probably, like, when is it? Is it going to be March? Gives me six months, man. I can sure. let this hair grow. Yeah. I'm ready to go. That's what you need to do. Grow I, hairier. Grow, grow hairier. I can't grow any sexier because I'm already at the peak. So I have to just grow the hair. So my problem is, Mark, you threw all out at that night. I remember the next morning you came to me and you said, look, I was nervous last <laughs> night. I was a bit uncomfortable. And I pulled out a photo of you, didn't I, Mark? <laughs> Can you explain to the listeners what that photo was? So it was a bit embarrassing. So are you referring to the stage? Yeah. All the contestants, 13 contestants. No, it was actually, it went, Rory said, Rory's like, oh, mate, you, you got right into it. Like, that. well done for, give, for giving it a crack. And I said, oh, mate, no, wasn't into it. Mate, I wasn't trying. If I tried, I would have, you know, I would have done pretty well. And um, the photo then Rory showed me was, was how, how many men were on stage? 13. 13. 13 contestants. 13 contestants. And uh, 12 of them uh, had their top on and then... Yeah, it was this extremely pasty white Australian Irishman in the corner. The only one on stage with his shirt off. I, I thought if I did that, it would have gone the extra mile to gain a couple of extra votes. But it was really good because I had one guy, um, when I came down from the stage after finishing whatever I finished, he comes up to me and whispers, I voted for you. <laughs> that, that made it all feel really good, you know? I could feel the warmth breath of my earlobe. It, was, it felt good. His name was Sam. So thank you, Sam. Wowee, Rory. That is definitely our best episode yet. If you enjoy that episode, please subscribe to Don't Miss the Bus on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts from so you never miss an episode. And please follow us and like us on Facebook and on Instagram. And we're also on Patreon too. Please also don't forget to rate, review, and tell all of your friends so they can also jump on the magical school bus of the Don't Miss the Bus podcast. Happy travels.